Every day, more than 100 people call the Oregon Poison Center, and most of them are looking for emergency help. The center, which also serves Alaska and Guam, has operated out of OHSU since 1978. But since then, it's become much more than a hotline for worried parents. It's Tuesday, April 17th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Margaret McDonald met with Sandy Giffen and Cherise Pizarro-Osilla to learn more about how this early form of telemedicine has changed over the years. I'm here with Sandy and Cherise from the Oregon Poison Center. Sandy, tell us about your role here. I'm the director of the Oregon Poison Center. I work to make sure that our operations and organization and administrative functions are operating smoothly. Cherise, how about you? I'm the nurse clinical manager at the Poison Center, and mostly my role is to work with the staff and also the things that are occurring at the call room. Sandy, tell us about the Poison Center. So in 2000, some federal legislation was passed that basically stated the entire United States and territories needs to have access to the services of a designated poison center. And at that time, Guam and Alaska did not have a poison center. So some federal grant funding was available to ensure that folks living in those areas had access to a poison center. And they contracted with us to provide that service. We have really three major components to what we do. The first that's probably most recognizable to people is a 24-hour emergency hotline that's managed by nurses, pharmacists, and physician toxicologists. The center is also responsible for doing professional education. We train healthcare providers in how to manage patients that are experiencing overdoses or toxicologic issues. And finally, we also do community outreach education, oftentimes geared to parents and young children about poison prevention, but increasingly trying to also communicate information to teens and adults about some of the dangers that we're seeing and how they can most effectively keep themselves safe. How did the Poison Center come about? Poison Centers actually have a long history. The first Poison Center started in the 50s as a result of a survey of pediatricians, and that survey showed pediatricians were particularly challenged with how to manage young children who'd gotten into a lot of household products. At one time, there were over 700 poison centers throughout the country, oftentimes an extra phone line in a hospital pharmacy or an emergency department to provide some assistance, but primarily they served as an information resource. Poison centers have changed from being an information resource to actually being a partner in managing patients that have experienced significant toxic exposures. How was the center funded? It's a combination of different funding sources. Funding sources have changed over time, but currently the Oregon Poison Center is funded directly from funding from the state of Oregon that's passed to OHSU to operate the Poison Center, as well as some federal matching funds through the state children's health insurance program and also some HRSA federal grant funds. Cherise, tell us about the staff here and what experience they have. The staff in the call room is made up of the registered nurses and we have one pharmacist. So often we ask each other questions on our expertise, like our pharmacist would ask us, how would you handle this at bedside? And we would ask Faye, who is our pharmacist, and say, tell me the kinetics of how this thing works. 
uh, we're very lucky to have medical backup just in case we need them. We are covered by toxicologists and mostly they're emergency room physicians who are board certified in toxicology. All of them nurses usually have at least two or three years of experience. It's difficult enough to assess a patient when you see them. Um, it's more difficult to assess a patient when you don't see them. So we rely on the critical thinking of our nurses and also how quickly they can assess situations because most of our calls are 911-like situations. When a lot of us think of the poison center, we think of calling when a child has gotten into a household chemical or gotten into some medication. What do you consider a poison? Poison can be any type of substance that a person comes in contact with at such a level that it creates some kind of illness. What the Poison Center deals with are certainly a lot of calls related to drugs. Some of those might be pharmaceuticals with a prescription. Others may be illicit street drugs, and then those that might be some of those things all of us have in our medicine cabinet, like Tylenol and aspirin and vitamins. But we also receive a lot of calls about people that have gotten into household products, children that get into perfumes, cleaners, laundry pods. We've heard a lot about that recently. And also adults that may have sprayed pesticide on their plants and inhaled some of that spray. We also deal with envenomations here in Oregon, in central Oregon, there are rattlesnakes. And we get calls about bee stings and really the whole gamut of things that a person could be what we call exposed to. As a parent, if I were to call into the poison center, I can imagine that I would feel panicked, and you must get a lot of calls like that. Which is expected because um, that's why they're calling. That's why we're here, to serve the public and just to make sure that the children are safe. The question that they want to know, is my child going to die? Or is the child need to go to the hospital? We consider ourselves as part of the team in taking care of our poison patients. We not only give them our treatment management once, but we also call back and make sure that uh, the patients are getting treated at the right time with the right medications or the right interventions. Who calls the poison center? Anybody calls the poison center, the, the public, like mom whose toddler ate mushrooms that's growing in the lawn, or a teacher that uh, had, there's a student who swallowed a goldfish on a dare, that we get that often. And also, or a mom saying, you know, that my kids chewed on glow sticks because they wanted to see if their mouths glow in the dark. They did glow in the dark, just to let you know. So we get many kinds of calls from really interesting ones and simple calls to really complicated cases like polydrug overdoses. Polydrug overdoses? So it's not uncommon that we would get a call from the medical facility saying that a patient overdosed on five to ten different kinds of pills. So it gets really complicated. Very complicated, yes. I see myself really as a detective because we do a lot of data gathering and then we try to come to the conclusion of what a person, what the person could have taken. Also common are like parents that would call and said, my child chewed on something that he picked up from the park. 
We think it's medication, but I'm not sure, so I don't know what to do, kind of call. So we ask a lot of questions before we would decide how to intervene. In addition to giving information, does the Poison Center have a role in following up? Many of our cases are effectively handled at home, but others need to be seen in a healthcare facility for additional monitoring and treatment. And in those cases, the Poison Center is an active partner with the treating healthcare providers in managing those cases. To try to get the patient from the home to a healthcare facility can sometimes be a challenge. We really need to ensure that we are very clear in our communication about the risk if the child or patient is not seen in the appropriate facility. So oftentimes we're trying to talk to the parent or family member who called us and to try to ensure they understand the significance in some cases. Then oftentimes we're talking to paramedics or EMTs that get to the scene to try to give them instructions on how that patient needs to be managed. And then talk to the healthcare facility to let them know this patient is on their way in, what the history is as we understand it, and what our initial recommendations are. So those three pieces are really critical, and the staff and the Poison Center have to decide, is this a situation where the parent can drive the child in and they have enough time to get to the emergency department? Or is it a situation where time is of the essence, depending on the severity of the exposure and the substance, and they need to be there right away? So we do follow up. We call the healthcare facility to make sure the patient arrives. And so there is a patient that overdosed on a certain antidepressant. She was comatose and was intubated. And usually with this drug, we're used to seeing our patients recover or wake up after two, three days in the hospital. But this certain patient was not waking up, and it's been five days. There was a talk of discontinuing her life support. And we were concerned because we know that it's the only ingestion she's had. And based on history, she probably still will wake up. However, the family and the medical facility, the staff already had a meeting and they wanted to pull the plug. And we kept saying, just wait and just wait. And we managed to make them wait two more days. And fortunately, before they were going to pull the plug, she woke up and we were able to prevent another fatality. Do you share information with other poison centers and other medical organizations? Poison centers collaborate really closely with public health organizations within their region. The Oregon Poison Center collaborates closely with the Oregon Health Authority, particularly the epidemiologists at the Oregon Public Health. We also interact with county health departments to try to ensure that the population is kept safe and there's understanding of where some of those public health risks are. Poison centers have an electronic medical record system. Those electronic medical records are held confidential, but there are some elements, some coded elements about the cases that poison centers manage that are transmitted to a central database for analysis and identification of potential public health hazards. There aren't any patient identifiers in that data, but enables us to have a greater understanding of where there may be trends of new emerging street drugs or unusual exposures, foodborne illness situations, 
or potential tampering of products. And that system has really been very helpful to identify some of those concerns. The Poison Center serves as a resource after a poisoning has occurred, but do you also have a role in preventing incidents? The Oregon Poison Center, as well as poison centers throughout the country, have the opportunity and actually responsibility to have a voice related to policy issues. Fortunately, our collaboration with our health partners have enabled us to work collaboratively in the rules for implementation of recreational marijuana in Oregon. We were involved in some of the rulemaking regarding packaging and labeling of some of the edible marijuana products to ensure that they're not appealing to young children. On a similar note, we have done the same thing with e-cigarettes. So we had the opportunity to once again partner with our public health collaborators to determine the appropriate rules for implementation of sales of those products. The Oregon Poison Center was recently reaccredited. Tell us about that. It means that we've met high quality standards in our operations, our practice, and our staff expertise. The process is that we first and foremost need to implement procedures and processes and resources for staff to ensure that we provide consistent quality care. And then we have to provide evidence of those to comply with the standards that have been identified. And this most recent accreditation means that we continue to achieve those standards and are accredited until 2025. Do you still have Mr. Yuck stickers? Yes, we do. Mr. Yuck is a reminder that some adult has talked to a child about the dangers of poisoning. In addition to that, poison centers have an additional type of sticker that's a poison help sticker that really is geared towards adults and teens. And it's a reminder that poison centers don't just serve young children. We are a resource for all age groups. If I need to reach the poison center, what number do I call? The number is one 800 222 one, two, two, two. So I should put that number in my phone right now. And an easy way to do it is text POISON to 797979. And that will give you an opportunity to automatically add it to your contacts. This has been fascinating. Thanks to both of you for joining us today. It's been our pleasure. Thank you. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Margaret McDonald and edited by Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.